This is episode two of Kicker and the Waterboy, and instead of leading with a joke, we want to take a moment to recognize those in the sports world we lost this week. This show is meant to be light and fun, and we'll get back to that in a minute. This week, we lost NHL player Colby Cave to bleeding in the brain, former NFL quarterback Tervarius Jackson to a car crash, and Jacqueline Cruz Towns mother of NBA star Carl Anthony Towns, to complications from coronavirus. We want to offer our sincerest condolences to the families and friends of these athletes in this rough time. Thank you for sharing your talents with us. And now, let's start the show. Hey everyone, this is Evan, aka Kicker, and welcome to episode two of Kicker and the Waterboy. I hope all of you had a a wonderful and blessed Easter. And hello, everyone. I am Ryan, otherwise known as the Water Boy. I I did have a good Easter. How about you? You know, it was really nice to relax and spend time with the family. So thank you. Mm-hmm. It's always a good time. So in our show today, we have three big topics, a really heartfelt thank you note, and a bunch, I mean a bunch, of quick hitters. And let's jump right into the first of those big topics. We promised it at the end of last week's episode, and this week we are bringing you everything that happened in the NFL offseason. And we're going to do that with superlatives. So we came up with a bunch of awards, and what we're going to do is give them out to the player, team, or moment that is the most deserving. So to kick it off, what is the biggest storyline of this NFL offseason? Tom Brady signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. hands down. All right, moving on. Biggest shocker. Ryan, what you got? Um, Let's see. There's the obvious one, which we'll get to in a little bit, but I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers signing five players out of the XFL. That just seems like really a lot to go to one team. So... You're probably thinking, oh, but what about the uh, what about this move? We have a separate category for that. What is the worst move of the NFL offseason? DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, now. Just now. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Dark horse move. The dark horse, I mean... One of the moves that I think really flew under the radar is Los Angeles Chargers running back Melvin Gordon going to division rival Denver. I mean, he's still relatively young. He held out for the first part of last season, so he should still be fairly healthy. And I think that he could really find his footing there in Denver. So let's move on to the how is this guy still available category. What do you got? Now... This may be a very biased opinion, but I'm going to have to go with Jadavion Clowney. I mean, man, how is he still available? He even lowered the amount of money he was going to receive. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. All right, biggest winner. Uh, pretty obvious, Tampa Bay's ticket salespeople. They've been hovering around 30th in attendance for the past five years, and with the GOAT quarterback finally coming down there, and that'll drum up a bunch of new interest in the team. So I think anyone who's working in the Tampa Bay ticket sales office 
they're in for a big win. So that's a that's the winner. Who is the biggest loser of this offseason? I'm going to have to say Deshaun Watson. It kind of feels like Dan O'Brien just kind of unloaded all the talent from around him. So kind of feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Even if he is a Clemson person. Good point. All right, moving on. Best division. Unfortunately for me, the Panthers fan, it is the NFC South. Everyone else got better. And I mean, maybe the Panthers did too, but they didn't add a Super Bowl winning quarterback. They didn't add, um, I believe, Emmanuel Sanders like the Saints did for another wide receiving threat. They didn't add Todd Gurley, who I forget if he's won the MVP or not, but is still relatively young. NFC South, hands down, going to be the best division next year. What about the worst one? I agree. The worst? Well, I'm going to say the AFC South. Hmm. Um, I mean, not a whole lot of storylines there that are super interesting. Phillip Rivers, the one-year deal with the Colts. Um, Gardner Minshew, if he goes off, that <laughs> could seriously raise the level of play there, but Overall, it just seems kind of stagnant, especially with the Texans um, trading away so much of their talent. Mm, That's for sure. And just like that, that is our NFL offseason superlatives. Yep. Moving on now. The MLB is considering major changes to get their season started. One of the changes is that on Tuesday, the MLB announced they're considering starting games in May in Arizona. Do you think a May start is realistic? Okay, so in my opinion, I thought that the earliest that we'd be seeing games would be June. I Again, like I said last week, I'm not a health expert, but I just feel like May is right around the corner from, from April, and I did not expect that we would have games back this soon. So what what did you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm just saying... You gotta wait till after Memorial Day, mm. and um, yeah, again, no health expert, but just my thoughts. Mm. So on Friday, the MLB came up with a new idea. They are considering replacing the traditional American League and National League with the spring training leagues of Grapefruit in Florida and Cactus in Arizona. This would be the first time that they've changed their division structure in 26 years. So this is just a proposed idea for um, divisions in in the Cactus League and Grapefruit League. I'm just going to read them off really quickly. So in one division, you would have the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Athletics. In another, it would be Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels, And in the last Cactus League division, it would be the Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Texans, or not Texans, Rangers, and Kansas City Royals. I moved on to Grapefruit League. One division would be the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. Second division would be Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, Orioles. And then the last division in Grapefruit League would be Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, and Marlins. Mm -hmm. So out of those, do you see a quote-unquote group of death 
എന്താ well as an Orioles fan i'm not looking forward to having to play the red sox what we already do but the Braves mm. i mean they got so much young talent it's going to be rough for many years then the twins i believe they i think their division mm-hmm, last yeah. year so that'll be rough then the rays are always competitive so i'm going to say grapefruit south What are your thoughts? Yeah, that was pretty much exactly my thoughts. I mean, the Red Sox are always really difficult. Twins won their division last year, and they didn't lose a bunch of key pieces. The Braves are young, and they are really good. And the Rays are a wild card contending team year in and year out. Yeah, now, which in-division matchup are you most curious to see? I am very curious in this World Series matchup from last season. in the Grapefruit East Division, the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. What um what do you think? Yeah, that that'd be interesting having those two in the in the same division. I'm going to have to say Yankees Phillies. That kind of stuck out mm. stuck out to me. Um Majors cuz the Phillies have Bryce Harper right now and that's kind of star power and the Yankees are always star power. So mm. That's true. Good point. Yeah. If these divisions turn out to be successful, do you think there's any chance of realignment in 2021? I would say no. I just feel like baseball is a game that's built on tradition and stuff. Like I mentioned earlier, the divisions haven't really been modified that much in the past quarter century, so I don't see it happening, but <laughs> at least not right away. Maybe a couple of years down the road if there's like a really good rivalry that comes up in this year of play maybe an adjustment is made but I, i just don't see it happening right away how about you well i guess my thoughts on it is why fix something that's not broken so if it does turn out to be successful i mean just go with it mm-hmm. you know right yeah so my question my next question is can teams or players just flat out say no to coming back. If they think that the current climate isn't safe and stuff, is it within their power to say no and how would the uh, MLB respond to that? I I do think actually it is in their power to say no to coming back. Um also they all just say no and clearly can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um if if it's just individuals though, man Yes, they could, but I think the um the consequences be more serious if it's just individual players rather than of the players union as a whole saying, "Hey, we're not going to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, the consequences would be obviously for individual players, especially if they're stars, there there might not be as many people tuning in on TV. Um mm-hmm. and if just the whole league just doesn't do it. then they'll have to push it back even more. Right. You mentioned something about watching on TV and one of the conditions of this agreement is that there is going to be no attendance at least not right off the bat. So how do you think the MLB players are going to deal with no attendance? I I I think they'll be fine with it more than other leagues such as NFL and the reason I say it is because there're just so many games mm-hmm. and um just the attendance isn't as great 
for the MLB as it is for other leagues. And, right. You know, the sad reality is I think they might be used to it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. A couple of years ago, the uh, the Orioles and the White Sox played a game without any fans, and I feel like they, you know, pretty much got along okay. To be fair, yeah. I think that most of Baltimore's games now are without fans, but that's for an entirely different reason. <laughs> yeah. 